You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. This episode is sponsored in part by OMG Yes. OMG Yes is for anybody who is curious to learn more about vulvas and pleasure. OMGS has asked thousands of vulva owners what feels best for them and found the patterns. Each technique is brought to life in beautiful videos of regular folks sharing from experience. No blushing, no shame, just body exploration. Get $5 off their newly released season two at omgs.com slash S and S. Enjoy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, our guest is a law student with a focus on reproductive justice who's interning at the ACLU and is always down to talk smart and fuck smarter. That's right. We're giving Simone her own episode so she doesn't interrupt. I'm just kidding, but we do love interrupting sometimes to keep the conversation flowing. But really, I'm just really stoked that my- Wait, hold on. Let's just make it very clear. This is not my own episode. No, this is not your own episode. I will also be interviewing Nicoletta. (laughs) Mostly, we just wanted to have an episode for us to catch up because I haven't physically seen Simone in person for a year? Nine months. Nine months. I left, so I left LA nine months ago to the day. So this is the birthing of the new me. Yeah. So it's been a really long time, a year of law school under your belt. um, And I'm just excited to see you, my close friend, my confidant, my business partner, my slutty scholar. Coho. Coho. Oh, I do. I really like that. Coho. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we just wanted to like take a moment to check in and talk about what the fuck is going on in life. Yeah. It's, it is really nice to be physically present with you. It's interesting though. I feel so grateful that we have kept up the podcast, um, which it's we kind hard. of mentioned um, back in December when we did an, a, a check-in. Um, but when in December, we had had a lot in the bank and didn't start recording really until October. Um, so it's definitely been a challenge. I'm so grateful that you picked up the slack during finals and did a solo ep. It's been really rewarding to have something so separate from law school and also something so deeply connected to you. Yeah, but it has been tough. I mean, I think probably the biggest barrier that we face is like technology. (laughs) So annoying. I'm actually really curious how listeners feel about the audio. So you can let us know. And if you have any tips or advice. Yeah, and and scholars at gmail.com. Well, sometimes we do struggle with interrupting out of our excitement for the guests. Like sometimes interruptions happen because the delay and the technology is so shitty that like this is our setup. We we FaceTime each other and sometimes the guests, then we record separate audios and then we also record a secondary thing online through an app called Ringer. It's like a whole fucking thing and there's probably probably an easier way to do it, but we are like technologically deficient in some ways. So we haven't figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. My professor who taught me audio for documentary in college would be sorely disappointed. Yeah. That's not true. I do know some things. You know, a lot of things. 
I mean, I know you can't sum up like your first year of law school in a short amount of time because it was so much, but like, what has this year been like for you? I think though I'm really excited about this summer and so grateful for this incredible opportunity. I think what caught me most off guard about law school was the toll it took on my self-confidence. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I come across as very confident and I typically am, but I thrive on external validation, right? When I was an actor, I loved getting roles. When, you know, good girl is music to my ears. I love validation and I didn't get a lot of it for most of the year. My grades were completely average and... And for a while you weren't getting the internships that you wanted. Right. But ultimately I got the one that I wanted the most, which is amazing. Um, But the thing is, is everyone around you is so smart, which is so incredible. And I just can't wait to hear what my peers have to say. And then you realize that everybody there has always been kind of top of their class and only some of them will still be that now. Um, But the grades took less of a toll than the internships did because, as you know, the reason that I completely changed my life and stopped acting and did this whole law school thing and moved to New York is because I'm so passionate about reproductive justice. And so every time I applied for an internship, I felt like I was pouring out my soul, like my reason for being into my cover letters, my raison d'être, into my interviews. And then to not position felt extremely personal. Oh, I mean, how could it not feel personal? Yeah. Because it is, I mean, it is is personal. It felt far more personal than not getting an acting role. Really? Mm -hmm. Because do you feel like in acting you're playing something else? I think in acting you're playing something else. And there's also like a million reasons why you didn't get the part. Like you remind somebody of their ex-wife or the person they cast to play your mother as a blonde. There's so many things that are so completely beyond your control. Can't that also be true for job interviews though? Yeah, that's what my therapist says. <laughs> well, I am a therapist. <laughs> I don't know, but the... So yeah, it does feel less personal. What is it called when you doubt yourself um, and you like don't believe that you're com- competent at something? Imposter syndrome. syndrome, So I don't feel like imposter syndrome. Like I kind of have delusions of grandeur and I'm like, I'm so fucking great at this. Why isn't anybody recognizing it? (laughs) (laughs) Which I know is like, like it's, it's a, it's a weird way that my brain thinks because of, you know, certain, um, mental things that I have. Um, but, but yeah, we all have different distorted ways of thinking. Yeah. I, well, I definitely, I think I was saying that because I definitely have imposter syndrome. Maybe it is delusions of grandeur, but I think it's a, the imposter syndrome comes up. It's almost like the the more experience I get and the more independent I become in my field, the more I doubt myself, mm-hmm. which is so counterintuitive because it's like I've done, besides just degrees, I've had great experience. I get good feedback. My practice is full. Like clients That's so cool. come back. But there's always like, am I, I think the big question is, am I doing enough? Am I helping enough? Um, yeah. Do, do they feel like I'm helpful? Like, are am you I doing enough? enough? Am are I you enough? doing the right thing? Are but you therapizing like, properly? Yes. But that's like a core, that's a core belief. I think that I hold just in all things, like you said, am I enough? Yeah. And so it's not just like in the therapy realm, but it comes out in that. Cause that's my, my livelihood and my life. Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious about 
because we're recording this before I start my internship, just a few days before. And I'm curious if I'll thrive or if I'll continue to get beat down. My father like gave me this like completely unsolicited pep talk. He was like up at one in the morning and we were FaceTiming. A good pep talk though? And he was FaceTiming. He was like, bear. That's what my family calls me. He was like, bear. But he was like kind of crying. He was like, bear. I know law school has been hard, but you know what? You're, you're going to fucking kill it at your internship and you're going to be there and someone's going to ask you. I need you to research this thing and you're going to know how to do it. And I'm just so fucking proud of you. And you're just going to be so great. And this is way better than all the bullshit you do in law school. <laughs> how was it to hear that? I hope it's true. Do well, your parents you give you pep talks? Not. Oh yeah. I mean, my, I'm really privileged that my parents are my biggest fans. Uh, no, I am. <laughs> I'll tell my mom, you guys can do no, that. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. <laughs> <laughs> And if you haven't listened to the episode, the mom episode or whatever we called it, listen to it. Cause the it's mom cast, the mom cast. It's the mom so episode. good. It's both of our moms <laughs> talking about how the, like, they don't know why we're so comfortable. <laughs> basically <laughs> and about how we like talk about sex all the time yeah we thought it was because of them but they don't think so so I don't know <laughs> they were like I don't know what I did <laughs> um but, well thank you for being a fan I'm a fan of yours but I'm lucky that my parents are fans of mine I, I just did a show the other day on um iHeartRadio um with Dr. Wendy Walsh who is a, who's a longtime friend of mine um and call now colleague um, but also sort of like a, has been a mentor figure too, in some ways, but, um, it was on the radio and my parents were so excited and they listened in the car and they recorded it and they called me after and were like telling me all the things they liked about it. Um, so maybe we do, maybe we have like parents that are too supportive where like if people yeah. aren't as supportive as them, yeah, we're like, like, something's wrong with them. Something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong with them. Like they don't get how so great I am. Sorry, both just narcissists or what? I don't it's know. entirely possible. I mean, we do think that people want to just listen to us talk, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> God, I hope, I hope y'all are still along for this ride. Um, Wait, so what do you think you're going to be doing at this internship? I'm going to be working on uh, trans healthcare in prisons. I'm going to be working on a Know Your Rights lactation campaign, and I will be working on sex work decrim. Wow. These are all huge. Like, you're really practicing what we're preaching here. I know. I'm a preacher. <laughs> Call me the vicar. Jewish, Jewish preacher. Jewish preacher from France. <laughs> In case you didn't know. That's so cool. Um, um, so speaking of education, someone is getting back to their PhD. It's me. <laughs> so I, let's see, once I graduated undergrad, I did my master's at Pepperdine, um, which the grad school is not religious, in case you were wondering. Really? Really. How are they not religious? The grad schools just, like, aren't affiliated. The undergrad has sort of these, like, um, religious supplements that are required oh, and, like and things like that. So uh, I did my clinical psychology master's of arts there, and then... I did my master's of education at Widener um, in human sexuality. And so the first two years of the PhD program get you a master's of education. And so, but you still have to apply to the PhD program if you want to keep going. So I applied and I started it and I was really having some trouble like time managing, finishing my marriage family therapist hours 
um, and preparing for licensure and examination that I was like, I'm going to take a break from the PhD and uh, come back to it. So now I'm licensed and I'm going to be going back in the fall um, to finish my PhD. So it'll probably be a couple more semesters and then dissertation, which could take forever. For some people it does. Is your dissertation going to be on uh, minor attracted persons? Not that's, offending minor attracted persons? That is, that is the plan, um, mostly because I've already done so much research on that topic. So I feel like starting over seems daunting, but I might change my mind. I just What want else to, are you interested in? Well, I think because of the kinds of clients that I'm seeing in practice, I'm definitely finding other topics that may be more applicable to more of a majority of my clients. Um, something that I can really like put into practice. So while I do see non-offending pedophiles in my practice, there's also not a lot um, that that come into practice or just in general. And so a big thing that I've been seeing a lot is vaginal pain cases and then also just like differences in libido in relationships. And so I find those topics interesting. Oh my God. Don't we have episodes on that? Yes. We have Kana Kassard, if I'm pronouncing that right, with pelvic pain and the endometriosis episode with Dr. Shannon Chavez. Yes. And then libido differences. We had that fucking awesome episode with Dr. Dr. Wednesday Martin. Yes. And so that interests me, the whole um, responsive versus spontaneous arousal and maybe doing something with that. But it would be nice to just use the research. But I also think that that's a very unresearched thing that is like unlikely, is much less likely to be done by someone else. Which one? Uh, Non-offending minor attracted persons. Yeah, surprisingly, there's there's more of us than you might think who are interested in that kind of research. And um, we have like forums and like an email list where we share research and, and talk to each other and also support each other because it is something that a lot of people don't, you know, approve of or feel comfortable with. So there is a, there definitely is a community around it, um, which has been interesting to, to find. But I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm tired of school but I am looking forward to the opportunities that having a doctorate will provide for me. What do you think it's going to do different? Well, I'd really like you to do more, more time to slut it up instead of scholaring. I get it. <laughs> that too. I fucking feel you. But I really would like to do more uh, education. And so I, I do education stuff now. So like this last Thursday and this Thursday and a couple months ago, I've been leading these 10-hour trainings for um, the Department of Children and Family Services um, doing their like human sexuality trainings, which is so fucking cool. Amazing. And I'm, that's like what I've always wanted to do. And there's been some university jobs that I've been interested in to, to join the faculty pool, but it seems like most places require or prefer for you to have a PhD. Um, unless it's more of a, a state school or, you know, like if it's an MFT program, they might, they're sometimes fine with just having that, but I really would like to do more in a university setting. And it seems like this is what I have to do. But I also just want to name that I'm super privileged to be able to go and like do this third program. Like mm-hmm. I've been in so much school and it is expensive. Um, and so this is, this is a privilege. This is, um, so sometimes I feel weird saying that I have mixed feelings about going back because some people want to go so badly and can't afford it. Yeah. Obviously, there's some PhD programs at research-type universities um, where you get paid right. to study there. 
but minimally. That's not the case for this kind of program. Mm-hmm. And also, when you were saying to name it, to name my privilege, I also was like, speaking of names, you really just want to change your Instagram handle to Dr. Heidegger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am the I am the first person from my family to to graduate um, college, so. That's a point of like excitement, I think, yeah. for my family as well. So there hasn't been a doctor in our family either. So wow. Dr. Heidegger would be would be cool. Do you have any and a relation, Jewish Dr. Heidegger? Yes. Do you have any relation to the philosopher? Not that I know of. Um, I have mixed feelings about it because some of his philosophy is like quite intriguing and interesting, but also like most people at the time, there's a lot of anti-Semitic uh, stuff looped in there. So I have mixed feelings about if I want to have any relation or not, but we can say yes if you think it sounds cool. No, I was just curious. <laughs> I just, don't know. This See, is they're from Germany. He's from Germany, and my family's from Austria. Um, but hard to say. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just asking questions the way I ask questions of guests. Whatever pops into my brain that I want to know about. I'm a guest. I really want to talk about pegging. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? Are you down? Yeah. Sorry for the interruption, listeners, but we want to take a moment to offer you a discount for pleasure resources. OMGYes.com is a website about sexual pleasure for people with vulvas. We talk so much on this podcast about the importance of self-exploration, the orgasm gap, and myths around pleasure and desire. The platform OMGYes decided to do the first ever large-scale scientific research interviewing over 20,000 vulva owners ages 18 to 95 about what actually feels good and why. What they found was, of course, people vary in what they like, but there's also lots of shared techniques. The OMG Yes site has short videos of all kinds of people with vulvas sharing and showing these styles. I've been recommending this site to clients and partners for years, and we are so honored that they are now sponsoring Sluts and Scholars. I know we talk strongly about not placing penetration on a hierarchy, but season two of OMG Yes just came out and it's all about penetration and ways to make penetration more pleasurable. Go to omgyes.com slash S and S for a discount. You pay once for permanent access to a set of videos and animations, and your payment goes on to funding ongoing research into sexual pleasure. Enjoy. Okay. We know you're going to need energy for all of that self-pleasuring you're going to do. So give yourself support this season with a boost. Whether you're looking for energy, better sleep, to avoid stress, or something else, to help you feel your healthiest, check out Care Of. It's a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered straight to your door. How does it know exactly what you need? You take this fun online quiz. It takes like five minutes and it asks you about your diet and health goals and lifestyle choices and then gives you your personal scientifically backed recommendation for vitamins, protein powders, etc. Basically, it is so easy and convenient to take care of your health this way. Your personalized care of subscription goes straight to your door. It's every month. You don't have to think about it. So it's super duper easy. Also, one of the most fun things is that you can track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. I love rewards. So if you want to get 30% off your first Care Of order, go to takecareof.com and enter SNS30. That's our promo code. 30% off 
takecareof.com and enter S&S30. Okay, so one of the biggest things that I'm jealous of about Nicoletta is that she has pegged and I have not. (laughs) (laughs) And spoiler, we're going to be having someone who does a lot of, receives a lot of pegging, maybe, I guess doesn't do a lot of pegging, but receives a lot of pegging in a future episode. Um, So this will be like a little lead up. So Unless we get them why hasn't it happened? Because I feel like there are takers who would I, want to do this with you. And wait, let's define pegging. How do you define pegging? I want to fuck a cisgendered man in the ass with a strap on. <laughs> yes, I have done that. <laughs> oh, and I want him to be het too. Or like feel like he identifies as hetero. Like, who you is hetero? Are contributing to the gayness of liking butt stuff in men. No, I just don't, be- I just don't believe in, like, I just don't believe in hetero, I think. Oh, you don't think straight people are real? <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's a little gay. So that doesn't mean just because you Does like butt stuff. everyone's a little straight? I guess. Um, so that doesn't mean just because you like butt stuff that I think you're a little gay. It just means that, like, I don't know, sexuality to me is so flexible and it's not static and so... Even when I just hear the word heterosexual, I'm just like, it just sounds so limiting. And, and maybe some mm. people only identify with that. But sometimes I'm like, do they just not know that they like other things? Well, <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of when we re-released that episode, when we released that old episode with Pan last December, where I literally refer to myself as stupid straight girl. And like hearing that was so jarring. It's- Why do you think you called yourself that? Well, because it was it was in response to he was talking about like eating pussy, and I was like asking questions, and you were like, "You're acting as if he's the only one who's eating pussy in the room." Oh yeah, and I was like, "Ugh, I'm the stupid straight girl," <laughs> and <laughs> and it's so it was not stupid, so, just at a different point in your queer journey. Well, it was so interesting that I like said that so assuredly, and like hearing it now is so jarring. Because I had, I've been questioning for like ever. Like I really started questioning my junior year of college, and everyone always thought I was gay, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, why are we talking about this? pegging? Oh, oh, just everyone's a little bit gay. <laughs> so I want to know like what it was like the first time you pegged, and like did they ask you to do it, or were you like I'm on it? <laughs> Um, the first time before I had done that, I had participated in like manual stuff on somebody like using my hands or using toys. Um, so not wearing a strap on. Um, and I've never even put a butt plug in a boy. The most I've gotten was was that because no one asked or you've tried and they said no. I've just done fingers. I guess I haven't asked. The feeling of penetrating someone with like your hand or something else is really cool. And to me, it feels like, I don't know. I don't know if this is like the patriarchy at work, but it definitely feels powerful. Oh, yeah. To feel like you're penetrating penetrating someone. That's what I like about girl sex so much. That there's penetration. That I get to be the penetrator. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the first time, you know, we, we... the partner and I like worked up to it. And so first it was like, let's do some, some fingers in there. Let's do some hand stuff. And this person asked me, so they were, it wasn't me being like, Hey, let's work up to like pegging you. They said that they were interested. 
um, and having that done, not necessarily pegging, but that they liked anal stimulation. And so I was like, okay, let's explore that. And so we, you know, started slowly and uh, tried smaller things first and just, it became clear that they were kind of a champion. Uh, <laughs> not that if you like don't want big things in there that you're not a champion, but they were like pretty open. So you can want big things and just not be able to take just not it. Just not be able to fit it. Yeah, that's true. But I just meant like their butthole was like very receptive to more. That's amazing. <laughs> they so were very wait, open. So like, tell me about, tell me about the dick. Like what it looks like. Like your cock. Yeah. I want size. I want color. I want like harness. Was it the kind you wear inside your vagina? I think the first harness that I had, um, and I I didn't really like this one because it it looked better on than I think it was comfortable or practical. Um, This one was leather and it sort of had like a zipper almost air, like just one side of a zipper around the side of where the cock would go. And so- That probably wasn't maybe, I mean, I guess it could be comfortable for the receiver if they were into it, but I think it was a little more like rubbing, (laughs) rash-worthy stuff. And so- Abrasion. Whatever. And so it was a little bit not probably the most comfortable. Um, The first one that I used, the first like penis that I used on it was black. Um, and sort of curved a little bit upwards, um, but like relatively on the smaller side as like a like a starter one. So like how many? Like two fingers? A finger and a half? Maybe three fingers. That is not. Well, are you putting three fingers together? Three fingers together. I'm talking about diameter. Mm, okay, maybe then two fingers if you have them next to each other in terms of like girth. Um, but. I can't remember how long it was, but I know that it was like a starter one because I went to the pleasure chest in West Hollywood where they're very helpful. Um, I asked around to for some for some friends or uh, to some friends to see like what they might recommend. And so I found like a uh, I think it's by Tantus. Um, And so I found a good one that was like a, a starter starter one. And so. In order to start pegging, you know, we didn't go directly to doing the pegging. We started with hand stuff and then I would wait for the the bottom to like ask for more. Um, And then when we would get about to the size of it, um, I would wait for them again to like ask for more. And so then adding, continuing to add lube throughout. And so I think the first time I like started with the receiver um, on their back so I could make sure that I was like reading their um, like emotions and stuff. And because I wanted to be able to like see where I was putting it because you can't feel. Yeah. That was the part that was like really dysregulating because I couldn't feel where it was going. Yeah. And so I like really desperately wanted to be good at it, Uh (laughs) which takes practice, but I like, I couldn't get feedback except I had to depend on the person to give me the feedback yeah. of what felt Have good and what felt Have you fucked the vagina okay. with a strap on? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe that was easier because I like was more familiar with the anatomy. Mm. But even though, of course, every vagina is different and even if they're the same feeling, like people might like it differently. Um, but I just really had to like rely on my partner at the time um, to, to tell me what they wanted. And so it was, a, you know, it was a little bobbly at first. Like there was some like, well, just, you know, checking in and does this feel okay? And like trying different positions. Did you pound? Not really the first time. Um, you pounded a bottle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not the first, the first time was more like, 
I was really waiting for them to gauge and tell me like what they wanted. You even um, therapied pegging. Well, I wanted to make it comfortable and I wanted to be able to do it again. Um, Can and I ask so, you a question? Yeah. I know I've asked a lot. So for you, is pegging an act of domination or an act of service? Hmm. Not that they can't be both, but I'm just curious. I think a serv- it's both, like a service top. Um, but you do feel like a top. Yes. So definitely as soon as I put the strap on on, I felt more dominant. Um, like I kind of leaned into that switchy side of things. <laughs> Your face looks shocked. No, I'm not shocked. I'm like in <laughs> awe. Yeah. I mean, my eyes are glittering. So what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Envy. <laughs> Compersion. Compersion. I'm yeah. feeling compersion. For people who don't know what that is, compersion, I mean, it's so much more complex than this, but it's sort of seen as like the quote unquote opposite of jealousy, um, where instead of like feeling feeling envious necessarily of like a partner, um, you feel joy for the, the pleasure experience. and experience yeah. that they're having. Yeah. No. So deaf compersion, not envy. Like, I don't wish that you didn't peg and I did. <laughs> you wish that... You're glad I had fun and you also want to pick. <laughs> yeah. And I but which which is pretty interesting for me because I'm not I'm not super dommy at all. I'm not toppy really that much. But um when I've fucked when I've fucked with a strap on, like a vagina, um it does it does bring out something in you. Isn't that interesting? That like just having a penis or a, you know. Being the penetrator. Yeah. Like, like I love, I love like, I love like fucking, I love fucking a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> like with my hand or with a strap on. Just like the act of penetrating is a cool thing. Yeah, but all of maybe the women, this is why all, all the women people, I've slept with have been femi. Maybe this is why toxic masculinity happens because you just have this thing and then you're like, you the power is too great. I can put it in things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a, you know, so much years and culture and patriarchy put into that. But yes, it does feel powerful. Yeah. It's weird. But it doesn't have to be with a strap on. Like, it, like with my hand, I feel just as powerful. Mm-hmm. If not even more so, because I can like feel what they're feeling. Feel, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm I know like, Simone is making like all of these like hand gestures of like what it would look like. So just like put your fist up and imagine <laughs> what it would look like. Um, but yeah, but I do. I, I I do. All of the women I've slept with have been quite femme. Mm. So I wonder if it would change if it was with a more masculine presenting woman. Yeah, I mean, we talk so much on this podcast about how, like, people can embody both and it doesn't have to be, like, gendered in a certain way. But, um, yeah, that's the best way I can describe it, though, is that there's this, like, I don't know, this energy exchange. So maybe it doesn't need to be, like, feminine, masculine energy. Maybe it is more just, like, top-bottom energy and it doesn't have to be gendered. Um, Yeah, top-bottom. Yeah, yeah. So... Definitely the top energy came out when I was being a top. But going back to what you originally said, service top, like. What is exactly a. (laughs) I almost fell out of my chair. What exactly is a service top? Like, I feel like I hear this. 
service top. I don't want to say it wrong because I, I don't know if I have a great explanation of it. So Google it. Um, but the service yeah, yeah. top, what I understand of it is more someone who who is dominant, but is sort of doing so to like serve their submissive. If any of you out there have seen The Labyrinth, I feel like David Bowie's character is a service top. <laughs> he's just a top. He's Well, he's a dick, but there's one quote that he says where he says, Fear me, love me, do as I say, and I will be your slave. So it's almost like you're... Interesting. I can't believe you could quote the labyrinth that well. Like, I love the labyrinth. <laughs> I just find any way to work it in. I went to, like, two parties over the span of the last six months and somehow got people at both parties to watch the labyrinth. I mean, I love watching the labyrinth. We should probably watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. At parties, I just get people to talk about abortion. Wow, we seem like really fun people to have at parties. I mean, I'm the person who will always find a way to bring reproductive justice into the conversation. And also the person who, whenever I see people doing cocaine, talk about how unethical it is. Like, I'm a downer at parties. Sorry. (laughs) No one invites someone to your party. (laughs) Well, I mean, unless you want to have a highly stimulating, critical thought of the current state of the world. Blah, what a horrible party. While getting fucked up. Okay, well, we have to wrap up soon because we're hungry and Simone just got back and we're going to be getting in and out, which is really important. But before we do... Wait, hold on. What's your in and out order? Okay, my in and out order, I'm really sorry to my vegan and vegetarian listeners. Um, I love animals and I eat meat. So my order is number two, spread... What is number two? You're assuming people know what a number two is. Oh, a number two is a cheeseburger um, with no tomatoes. And then I also request chopped chilies because I love spicy um, pickles. And sometimes I get it um, with grilled onions and or animal style. If you don't know what animal style is, it's in and out special sauce with grilled onions. Uh, it's also mustard grilled. The patty is grilled with mustard on it. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Um, and then animal style fries and a pink lemonade. So... My In-N-Out order is a double-double, which is two patties, two cheese. And I sometimes get it protein style, which is wrapped in a lettuce piece. And that is my favorite salad in Los Angeles. And then I get animal style fries, which are fries that have cheese and then this spread, which is basically Thousand Island, and grilled onions. But I get what I have called savage fries, and I get extra cheese, extra spread, extra onions. And I also get my fries light well done because quite frankly, I don't think In-N-Out cooks their fries. <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. Well, just to, just to tie it up and wrap it around to a slutty scholarly dis- debate, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. I know we talked about abortion on the last episode, but um, I would love to hear from you like just a couple like facts and tidbits about what's happening um, yeah, because sure. people, people are scared. People think they're not able to get abortions now. Yeah. So just to like, so there's a few things I would like to say, first of at all, at least as of May 22nd, as of May 22nd this okay. is what's happening. So here's a few things. Um, first of all, I think the groundswell of support is great, but also this shit has been going on for a really long time. And it was first successful with the passage of, I think in 2003 of what's called a partial birth abortion ban, which is a fake thing. So it's over 15 yeah, but years. One thing I want to say is a partial birth abortion is not an actual thing. Like there are no doctors that perform this sort of thing. It's just a name that anti-choicers gave to a, uh, what's called an intact dilation and evacuation. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that was upheld 
by the Supreme Court and it wasn't considered like an undue burden on the process of getting an abortion because you can have a non-intact DNA regardless of whether or not that's the safest option for you. Anyway, so there's that. So this shit has been going on for a while, but the groundswell support is great. That being said, it seems as though a lot of people are really excited to support um, people in those states. First of all, none of the bans have gone into effect. Um, the Alabama ban is not even set to go into effect until 2020. But the thing is, is, um, and this is my law school. Actually, to preface all of this is, um, there's an excellent episode of The Daily, which is a podcast put on by the New York Times, um, which I think aired on Friday, May 17th, which breaks all of this down incredibly well. So basically it won't go into effect and it's going to get an injunction, which means it won't be put into effect by the lower federal court. And then the circuit court, which is the one above that will also uphold the injunction. And then ideally it'll get to the Supreme court, but I think the Supreme court won't even hear it because it's so blatantly unconstitutional. Um, but they might hear some of these six week bans, these alleged heartbeat bills, heartbeat bills are another thing that like anti-choicers and pro birthers come up with because it is no not abortion once there's a heartbeat. Right. But it's not a heartbeat. It is fetal cardiac activity. Like nobody in the medical community calls it a heartbeat. In a lot of people are trying to, are offering up their homes, their cars to support people who want to get abortions, which is great. However, there are so many organizations on the ground that have been doing this for years and know the network and have vetted volunteers. And so as someone who's been relatively involved in this space for the last eight or nine years, it's hard to see, honestly, mostly privileged white people try to reinvent the wheel when there are people in the communities that have been doing this work forever. And I try talking to these people and communicating that there are other groups and they're just like, oh, no, 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 we're doing it differently. Like those groups, like it's fine. And then they're like, I donate to Planned Parenthood. And I'm like, Planned Parenthood gets so much money. Like you should fucking donate to like the Arkansas Abortion Support Network. Like you should donate to the powerhouse in Montgomery, Alabama, which provides childcare and housing and like a place for people to go and escorting services. Um, so yeah, I've been talking for a long time. I feel. So should folks stop offering that? They should reach out to the organizations in their area and ask for training because what's so important with this work is it is under a constant barrage of people trying to infiltrate. So please keep helping, keep reaching out, but try to do your mostly, homework and connect with mostly the, give the people money. who have been doing this. What they need is your fucking money. And then they will put out calls for volunteers. If they want volunteers, they will make it very clear. Um, because yeah, if you're a per- like, it's just, it's just not safe. You want it to be safe on both ends. Um, I've talked for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said, but truly the episode of The Daily, I think does a lot of a really good explanation of the legal stuff. And there's a great rewire article um, about the, like why this, these like auntie networks and stuff um, are really doing a disservice to truly grassroots community supporting organizations. Well, thank you thank for you. teaching me that. I'm glad you're back. I'm and so I glad love to you. be here. Thank you listeners for uh, listening to us ramble about everything from pegging to in and out and abortions. It's a very... Uh, very topical stuff. 
I hope you liked it. I know I did. I'm going to go enjoy my, I was going to say, I'm going to go enjoy my number two, but that sounds like I'm going to go take a poop. Um, I'm going to go enjoy my burger and uh, we love you so much. Thank you for your support. If you want to keep following what we're doing, obviously we're on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. You can email us at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Let us know your in and out orders. And if you want to continue to support what we're doing, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash slutsandscholars. And also review us and rate us on iTunes. It helps so much. Preferably nice ones. Bye.